past healed emotion, but rather it's a very present day reality in my life. And um, the Lord was just so tender in stirring up a, an unusual comfort as I was reading the the page proofs. And of course, I was supposed to be reading them for, for final edits, but um, it was really as if I had written the book the year before that I would desperately need in that moment. Welcome to the show. My name is Jesslyn, and today I'm here with Lisa Turkers to talk about her new book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Say hello, Lisa. Hi, everybody. Hi. So we are so excited to have you here. Um, You are the head of Proverbs 31 Ministries and also an author that I deeply, deeply enjoy. Um, But for people who may not be familiar with you and your story over the last couple of years, can you share us a little bit about what you've gone through? Yes, absolutely. So... Um, I have been running the ministry of Proverbs 31 um, for about 24 years and been happily married for over 20-some-odd years at at the point where a couple of years ago I found out that my husband had gotten caught up in um, some things that were just very opposite of our typical family values and um one of the most tragic decisions that I found out he had made was to have an affair, and it broke my heart in a million pieces. It really did. It, it wasn't just a breaking of my heart. It, mm-hmm. it shattered me and shocked me in the deepest of ways. Um, and uh, because I wanted to give him space to be able to heal uh, without the weight of public opinion on him, I chose to keep uh, that news about my family private. And um, there's a big difference, you know, between keeping secrets and being private. Absolutely. I've always been an extremely vulnerable person, but secrecy is for the purpose of hiding something, which I was not doing, but privacy is the purpose of healing something, which is what my point was. I, I wanted my marriage to heal. So in keeping things private, though, that took a big toll on me. The whole situation took a big toll on me. And about six months after I found out about his affair, um, I had a pretty serious situation where um, my colon twisted and cut off the blood flow inside of me. And um, I had to be rushed into emergency surgery and almost died and was in intensive care for several weeks. And it was just a very serious situation. So um, I've been through a lot, a lot of physical trauma, um, emotional trauma, and, um, and, and honestly, spiritual trauma as well, because, you know, when you go through things that are so unexpected in life, which we all do, but um, these things were really some of my worst fears, and I had to look them straight in the face and not just look at them, but walk to them and walk through them, mm. and, um, and it was very painful. I can unfortunately empathize with a lot of that. And I think many women can as well. And we don't like to talk about it because it's uncomfortable and it's hard. So thank you for being honest with your story and showing us how to find the Lord in this situation. Now, one of the things I discovered while reading your book is a lot of this went down in the process of you doing the final edits on your previous book, Uninvited. Can you tell me a little bit about the divine insight the Lord actually gave you ahead of time to minister to yourself through your own writing? 
Absolutely. Well, it, at first, it almost seemed like a cruel joke that I would write a book on rejection, thinking I had healed and was now going to help other people learn how to use biblical principles to heal from past rejections. Um, and then all of a sudden, I got the news in the middle of final edits for that book that I was actually going to be walking through the worst rejection of my life. And so at first, it, it just felt like the timing of this was, was very cruel. And um, and I really wrestled. And I remember sitting on my bed one day with the pages of the rough draft version of Uninvited before me. It was spread out all over my bed. And I was just weeping. And I was saying, why, God, why would you let me write this book? And now I'm going to have to talk about rejection when it's not a past-healed emotion, but rather it's a very present-day reality in my life. And um, the Lord was just so tender in stirring up a, an unusual comfort as I was reading the the page proofs. And of course, I was supposed to be reading them for, for final edits, but um, it was really as if I had written the book the year before that I would desperately need in that moment. And I thought, this is not an act of cruelty by God. This is an act of absolute divine mercy, mm. because He's had me studying about his compassion, his mercy, and his healing power when it comes to rejection. He had me studying that for two years before I would walk through the deepest rejection of my life. And so um, even though it was hard, you know, I, I don't want to say it was easy, it was hard, because at that point, like I said, I was I was keeping what we were going through private, but um, but God did some miraculous things to allow me to talk about rejection without having to reveal the present hurt that I was in. It's incredible how he works those things together. I know you spend a good portion of the first part of the book, this book, it's not supposed to be this way, talking about God's timing. And I remember you were talking about you're in the hospital and you're like, all right, Lord, take away this pain. And you just didn't understand the timing of how everything worked. But then it turned out that the pain was actually a way that the Lord was showing you that he cared and that he was well aware of everything that's going on. Can you tell me a little bit more about that experience? Sure thing. You know, when we're walking through things that are extremely painful, and this is true whether we're going through emotional pain, spiritual pain, or physical pain, it's very easy when the pain lingers on and on, um, and it's it's very easy to get spiritually disoriented when when God's timing seems questionable, you know, we want him to answer our prayer now, mm -hmm. and sometimes he doesn't. And then when his promises start to seem doubtful and this lack of intervention very hurtful, we can really start to question, okay, God, are you good to me? I know you're good, but are you good to me? Because it doesn't feel very good right now. And that's where I was. You know, I was in the hospital. I was in so much pain. And because I was in pain, they admitted me to the hospital. But all of the tests that were running kept coming back negative. Um, but I laid there in the hospital room in excruciating pain, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday morning. And finally, Friday morning, the doctor came in. He was a surgeon. He said, Lisa, we ran one last test, and we finally know what's causing this, and we have to do emergency surgery on you right now. And I'm so thankful that you have been in the pain that you've been in. I know it's been excruciatingly difficult, but because you were in pain, we kept you in the hospital. And because you were in pain, we kept running tests. 
And if if you hadn't been in this amount of pain, we would have sent you home, your colon would have ruptured, and you would have died. And so then I had a completely different view of God. He didn't, his, his timing was not questionable. His promises were not doubtful, and his lack of intervention was not hurtful. He used that pain to save my life. And so now, whether I'm walking through emotional pain, physical pain, or uh, spiritual pain, I'm able to remind myself of that story in my life, and I'm able to remind myself of the deeper principle that applies to us all. And that is God loves us too much to answer our prayer at any other time than the right time and mm-hmm. in any other way than the right way. That is so true. And it's it's a lesson that is easy to grasp when you're thinking about it like, oh, yes, we know God's timing is perfect. And then when you're in the middle of it, you're like, why is this happening? God, what are you doing? This doesn't feel like you love me very much. And it can be such a challenge. Yes, it really can. And, you know, I think a lot of times we want some kind of a pat Christian answer to explain why is it that we serve a good God who sometimes allows hurt. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't cause my uh, my situation, but he allowed it. And that can really make you just very skeptical, um, to say the least, you know, when when you want God to fix things immediately, and you know He can fix things immediately, and then He chooses not to. And so one thing I encourage people, though, is don't don't get through the wrestling of that too quickly. God doesn't want to be explained away. He wants to be invited in. He wants us to invite Him into the situation that we're in right now, not so that we can rally more of our own strength, but that we can learn the crucial lesson of how to rely on His strength. That is very good. And I have gone through a season of wrestling myself. And what I've discovered is actually a line that you put in the book, which is what if disappointment is actually an appointment for us to radically encounter God? How can this wrestling, this devastation when our lives don't turn out the way we expect actually be a way for us to get closer to the Father's heart? Well, I want to be so sensitive because, you know, there are a lot of people walking through a lot of really difficult things that will be listening to this. And so first of all, I want to I want to just say I understand, and what I'm about to say is not at all a flippant statement to negate the pain that you're in, because I really feel as though the past three years of my life, there were seasons and days and long hours where I was licking the floor of hell, and I lived to tell about it. So. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't make light of someone's pain and, and how excruciating sometimes circumstances can feel. But what I will say is I see a beautiful pairing in Scripture that every time we walk through something difficult, God is going to stir up something good and an unexpected strength for us in the midst of the hardship. So if you look at verses on... Uh, the good that God can surely do from everything we walk through, but especially the hard things, you'll see that there's gifts wrapped up in that verse. And a good example is um, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, my sisters, when you go through trials of many kinds, because you know. And I love the fact that it's telling us something we can know in the midst of awful circumstances where there's so many questions and so many things that we don't know. This is what you can know. You know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, 
and perseverance must finish its work so that you can be made mature, complete, not lacking anything. Mm -hmm. And that's what you can know. There is an unexpected strength to be gained, a strength that God sees that you will need, not just for today, but for the future. And and he's giving us this unlikely um, gift in the midst of what feels like heartbreak. It is heartbreak, but at the same time, it is a breaking of you that will become a making of you, a new you, a stronger you, a more beautiful you. You just have to give it some time. Mm, that is good. And the way you talk about the breaking, and this is something you mentioned at the beginning, is when you found out about your husband's indiscretions, it just shattered you. And the book, you refer to it as dust. Can you tell us a little bit about why the concept of dust and what dust is and how it changes is so valuable to this process? Yes, I had to, um, part of my healing process was to write an impact letter, and um, I sat down to write a letter to my husband to explain that I was going to need to learn to forgive him, not just for the facts of what happened, but for the impact that those acts had on me. And um, sometimes the greater act of forgiveness is forgiving someone for the impact, and the impact is how this affects you emotionally, not just today, but maybe long-term. You know, I may be wrestling with some of these effects for a lifetime, so I've got to get to a place where I can be healed and whole and healthy. And so I was writing this letter, and I was explaining in the letter that I've always heard and believed this wonderful Christian principle that, you know, when we're broken, that God can pick up the broken pieces, glue them back together, and yes, we'll have cracks in our vessel, but His light can shine through the cracked places of our life. And I love that, and I cheer anyone on that has that story. But the reality of my situation was I looked around, and the shattering was so severe, there weren't broken pieces to pick up and glue back together. I saw dust, mm -hmm. nothing but dust, and I knew you can't glue dust. And so I was writing this letter, and all of a sudden, what started flowing from my pen was a reminder that of all the ingredients in the whole world, and God has access to everything, I believe one of his most favorite ingredients happens to be dust, because that's what he chose to make one of his favorite create creations, and that was man. And so God took that dust and he breathed into it, and what came from that dust was a brand new, beautiful creation. And so it occurred to me that my life being shattered to dust, it doesn't signify an end. Dust is often what must be present for the brand new to begin, mm -hmm. not to take the old and renovate it, but to take nothing and make something beautiful from it. And that's what I want for my life. I don't want to just renovate the old. I want to, I want to have such a, a breath of God in my life, into my dust situations that my life becomes brand new, more beautiful, m more strong, more more capable of loving Him and loving people. And, um, and I can already see glimpses of God doing that. That's amazing. It's incredible to me to hear how the Lord is already using this situation, even though it's still fresh, it's new, it's raw. And you've had a couple years, but these are not wounds that go away overnight. So that being said, how has being authentic about what you're going through with your health, with your relationships, really enabled you to minister to more women who have experienced this? Well, I think it's kind of rare for um, for 
you know, someone to speak truth right from the midst of what they're walking through before they even know how the story will end. You know, as I was writing the book, I wrote the book from that messy middle place, and I really wrestled, you know, um, when I started the book, I didn't know the twists and turns that um, the trauma I've experienced in my marriage, I, I didn't know how it was going to go. I, I didn't know I was going to be diagnosed with breast cancer um, in the middle of writing the book. I didn't know all of the fallout that could potentially happen with my health because of my colon surgery. I mean, there were so many things I did not know. But here's what I do know. I do know that most people live in that hard middle place. Most people don't live on the other side of everything tying up in a neat, nice bow in life because we're all going through some stuff. We've either just been through some really hard stuff, we're in the middle of hard stuff, or we're about to head into some hard stuff. And you may say, well, Lisa, that's not very positive. Well, I'm very positive. We've either been through through some stuff, we're in the middle of some stuff, or we're heading to some stuff. So in essence, we're all living in that messy place. So I thought maybe this will be a very rare and wonderful gift to write from this messy place and um, and be brave in that place to just let God write this book, let God write the story, let God teach me the lessons, and then in sharing the lessons, maybe it'll help other people. I think there's a line toward the end of the book where I share, you know, there's someone out there who would drown in their own tears if not for seeing hope in the midst of my tears. And that's my prayer for this message. So one last question before you go is we always like for our guests to pray for our listeners before you leave. Can you do that for us? Absolutely. Lord, I pray right now that you would be very, very real to someone who is walking through a deep disappointment in their life, whether they're looking at the circumstances of a relationship that has devastated them or disappointed them, or whether they're looking at their finances or even the the way that their life looks right now, it just doesn't look the way they anticipated or thought that their life would look right now. Lord, I pray that you would reach into their heart, into the depths of their soul, and breathe your encouragement, your hope, your joy into them. I pray that something I've said today will give them that next lifeline to hold on to, that next encouragement to say, hey, Lisa made through this made it through this, and you can too. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would use my words. May the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing to your sight. And, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would be very, very close to whoever's listening that is brokenhearted in some way about the circumstances of their life. And I pray, Lord, that you would reveal to them that their area of greatest desperation will absolutely be an incredible, it will become an incredible revelation from you if they will turn this over to you and just say, Lord, speak to me in the midst of this. Thank you so much for stopping by today. We really appreciate it, and we can't wait until we can get our hands on your book. 
At Liberty University, they train healers, educators, and creators resolved to transform this world for Christ. They embrace challenges, pursue truth, and inspire hope, and they know who they are. They are champions for Christ. Learn how Liberty students follow God's call into hundreds of fields and how you can train as a champion for Christ online or on campus at liberty.edu champions. Again, that's liberty.edu champions. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.